Hello and welcome to Ice Age Prep Reads. This is going to be chapter two of the Adam and Eve story by Chan Thomas. And I'll be reading it from the digital records at archive.org, the Internet Archive. Before I get started with uh, reading today, the Great Floods chapter two, um, I do want to just call out that this book, um, I don't know if it was original editing errors or translation when it got uploaded errors or what the situation is, but there are some errors in the text, spelling, uh, punctuation, all of it, and you might hear me stumble across some things as I read it and try to process what, what was the actual thing that they were trying to say or what was the original print or you know so <clears throat> I'll do my best to read it all the way through I've read this chapter before so I'm familiar with it and if you hear anything that's what it is uh, if you want to read it yourself like I said it's at archive.org the Adam and Eve story uh, by Chan Thomas internet archive the great floods chapter two Noah Adam and Eve Vishnu or Cyrus what do they have in common? They represent eras ages apart, and yet somehow they all join hands in the next cataclysm and walk with us. There are others who walk with us too, men of science long forgotten, those who were, were those who first saw that these tumbles, these cataclysmic catastrophes or revolutions of the Earth's shell have happened before, countless times. J. Andre Duluc in 1779 and George Cuvier in 1812 were the foremost. Dolomieu, the famous mineralogist, joined the consensus, as did Escher and Forel, the Swiss geologists. Also, J. Andre Duluc Jr. and Von Bach. They all agreed that the cataclysms were caused by sudden revolutions in the wrong direction by the surface of the Earth. Cuvier, in his theory of the Earth, first published in 1812, based its conclusions on his unparalleled correlative research in stratigraphy, comparative anatomy, and paleontology. As a matter of fact, Cuvier was the founder of the science of comparative anatomy, based on his pioneering self-taught work in that field. At the time, he wrote, quote, every part of the earth, every hemisphere, every continent, exhibits the same phenomenon. There has therefore been a succession of variations in the economy of organic nature. The various catastrophes which have disturbed the strata have given rise to numerous shiftings of this continental basin. It is of much importance to mark that these repeated eruptions and retreats of the sea have neither been slow nor gradual. On the contrary, most of the catastrophes which occasioned them to have been sudden, and this is especially easy to be proved with regard to the last of these catastrophes. I agree, therefore, with M.M., Deluc, and Dolomieu in thinking that if anything in geology be established, it is that the surface of our globe has undergone a great and sudden revolution, the date of which cannot be much earlier than five or six thousand years ago. Also, one preceding revolution at least had put the continents underwater, perhaps two or three eruptions of the sea. These alterations now appear to me to form the problem in geology that is of the most importance to solve. In order to solve it satisfactorily, it would be necessarily to discover the cause of these events. These ideas have haunted 
I may almost say have tormented me during my researches among fossil bones. Researches which embrace but a very small part of those phenomena, of the age preceding the last general revolution of the globe, and which they are yet intimately connected with all the others. End quote. Many attempts have been made to answer the charge made to the geological profession by Cuvier to explain these sudden revolutions in the wrong direction. Among others, Vilikovsky tried, tried it through his studies of myths and legends. Hapgood tried it. Hugh Brown attempted it. And in the process, amassed a tremendous library of geological data. Every time the cataclysmic concept has risen, the beast has been stoned, burned at the stake, beaten to a pulp and buried with a vengeance. But the corpse won't stay dead. Each time it raises the lid of its coffin and says in a sepulchral tones, you will die before I. The latest of the challenges is Professor Hank Frank C. Hibben, who in his book, The Lost Americans, said, quote, there is no ordinary extinction of a vague geological period which fizzled to an uncertain end. Death was catastrophic and all-inclusive. What caused the death of 40 million animals, the corpus delecti, in this mystery may be found almost anywhere. Their bones lie bleaching in the sands of Florida and in the gravels of New Jersey. They weather out of the dewy terraces of Texas and protrude from the sticky ooze of the tar pits off Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles. The bodies of the victims are everywhere. We find literally thousands together, young and old, foal and calf with cow, in the muck pits of Alaska are idled with evidence of universal death. A picture of quick extinction any argument to the cause must apply to North America, Siberia, and Europe as well. Mammoth and bison were torn and twisted as though by a cosmic hand in a godly rage. In many places, the Alaskan muck blanket is packed with animal bones and debris in trainload lots, mammoth, mastodon, bison, horses, wolves, bears, and lions. A faunal population in the middle of some cataclysmic catastrophe was suddenly frozen in a grim charade. Supernatural winds, volcanic burning, inundation, and burial and muck, preservation by deep freeze of both torn up animals and muck. Any good solution to a consuming mystery must answer all of the facts, challenges, Hibben. The challenge wouldn't leave me alone. Like a hunger, it gnawed at my subconsciousness. I could hear the deep tones of Cuvier's challenges, find the cause of these events, still river beating through the sacred halls of science, ghostly, unanswered. I felt Hibben's challenge prodding answer all the facts. I decided that this cataclysmic concept, this catastrophe end which visits the, our planet time after time, needed verification or refutation once and for all. The first step was to gather all of the known accepted data from as many sciences pertaining to our planet as possible. Stratigraphy, archeology, span radiology, anthropology, paleontology, and oceanography, plus cosmology and astronomy and seismology and oceanography, and paleolanguages such as prehistoric Mayan. Even evolution could not be ignored. Further cross-correlation of the data between the sciences had been honored. All of the foregoing gave the answer. Although there is enough data in the most sciences to indicate that these cataclysms happen, there was not enough in each science to derive the process to prove the concept. But between science cross-correlation showed indeed that the concept was true. Not only did it verify that the events have happened, but disclosed when the last five cataclysms were, and what positions the shell of the Earth has been in for the last 35,000 or so years. 
This was a first-time effort for certain. So, after years of research beginning in 1949, Cuvier's challenge had an answer. Yes, indeed, cataclysms do happen, but I have not yet found the answer to his challenge, to find the cause of those events. It would take me 20 years to find the cause, the trigger of the cataclysm. What makes them start? And further, exactly, what is it that happens after it starts? What is the process of a cataclysm? Finally, what is the timetable of cataclysms? It was obvious already from the data that it was nonlinear. Was it a mathematical function that we could derive from the data? Or is it random and frustrating in its unpredictability? The more I learned, the more to be discovered and learned. Meanwhile, what a chase, and what a dramatic story of the Earth's history we uncovered. Civilizations of more than 20,000 years ago more advanced than our wildest imagination. Prehistoric legends from Greece, Egypt, India, and South America, which become history instead of legend. Lost continents in the Atlantic and Pacific, which became dated realities, with logical reasons for their sudden disappearance. Yes, Vishnu came alive, a man who lived through a cataclysm many thousands of years ago, actually ten cataclysms ago. Now he is known as the Hindu god of ten resurrections from the waters. Osiris was rediscovered. He was the Jesus of his time, a man of Egypt some 15,000 years ago. Noah smiled at us from the pages of the Epic of Gilgamesh. He actually was a Sumerian named Utnapishtim, who lived just around 7,000 years ago. The Arche belt is more than legend. The process of cataclysm is known now. Look at the cross-section of the Earth inside the front cover. Side note, you can see that on the archive.org version of this book, The Adam and Eve Story. You'll see two molten layers, the yellow ones. The important one is the thin molten layer starting 60 miles down, extending 60 miles deeper to 120 miles below the surface of the Earth. The thick, deep molten layer starting 1,800 miles down at the bottom of the mantle and extending 1,300 miles deeper is the outer core. Seismology has proven that these two layers to be molten, and they are white hot, over 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit. The outer 60-mile thick layer is the one which supplies the volcanoes with the molten lava they spew forth. Inside the Earth, the electric and magnetic structure of the interior makes these layers act as if they were near solid or plastic. As long as the interior and magnetic and electrical structure of the Earth maintains its orderliness, this old Earth keeps on rotating on axis in a normal manner. If anyone doubts that Antarctica's ice cap is growing, it has been proven that it is growing at the rate of a Lake Ontario per year. So is Greenland growing. Since they are not centered on the Earth's axis of rotation, they develop centrifugal forces coupling with each other in a direction perpendicular to the Earth's axis. It's like swinging a bucket of water around yourself on a rope. The water stays in the bucket, and if you did not have the restrained rope, the bucket and water would fly away. In the case of the ice caps, the restraining rope is gravity, which keeps these two ice caps landlocked. Since these ice caps therefore cannot fly away, they resolve their problem by trying to pull the entire shell of the Earth above the 60-mile-thick molten layer around the interior of the Earth. As long as the electrical and magnetic structure is maintained inside the Earth, the ice caps cannot pull the shell around them to the equator, and we maintain our order, daily, monthly, yearly rotation. Right now, we don't know why. Every few thousand years, on a variable timetable, the magnetic and electric orderliness in the shallow molten layer is disorganized. Further, it is not known by what means it is disrupted. 
It has to be a way which slows those energies to the extent that the shallow molten layer is allowed to act as a free liquid, letting the molten layer act as a molten liquid which then serves as a lubricant for the ice caps to pull the shell around the Earth's interior, so as to have the ice caps shift about 90 degrees into the torrid zone. In one quarter to one half a day, the geographic poles move to the torrid zone and all hell lets loose. The atmosphere and the Earth's oceans and lakes don't shift with the shell, they just keep on rotating west to east. And at the equator, that speed is about 1,037 miles per hour. It has to be normally to make one revolution per day. So while the shell shifts with the poles going to the equator, and the winds and the oceans continue eastward, blowing and flooding across the Earth at supersonic speeds, inundating continents with water miles deep, destroying everything which man ever dealt, including himself. There's a summary. That's a summary of the process. Now what about the trigger? This turned out to be the most elusive piece of the whole puzzle. We couldn't rely on some supernatural assumption, like something happens in the heavens of a vague character which actually violated the laws of nature. No, it had to be something natural, a part of nature's ordinary structure which disrupts the Earth's inner electrical and magnetic structure whenever a cataclysm happens. It also has to be a kind of happening which decreases the inner electric and magnetic forces to the extent that which cannot be support keeping the shallow molten layer acting as if it were plastic or near solid. We once thought the severe sunspots called the could be the cause because they do not because they do disrupt the earth's interelectric and magnetic structure, but we were wrong. The time wasted on that assumption was the price for dealing in assumptions rather than facts. It was a bad detour to take. What was necessary was to be patient, to take more time, to assemble more facts, and use our most valuable tool, analytical reasoning. The, loot, the solution, whatever it might be, would come. The, derive, 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 <laughs> the derivation of the process is a greater understanding of prehistoric events. For instance, you can see that ice ages are not a matter of advancing and retreating ice. It's simply the different areas of the Earth that are in polar regions at different times. For different durations of time, changes between positions take place in a fraction of a day, and the accompanying supersonic deluge deposits the various huge stratas we find at the walls of the Grand Canyon, Painted Desert, Monument Valley, the mountains around Mexican Hat, Canyon de Chile, and the Mogwai Dugway. Moki Dugway. The story around the world gives silent testimony. The Bears Bearsokov Bearsvokov Mammoth Mammoth frozen in mud with buttercups in his mouth. The age of the gorge below Niagara Falls and St. Anthony's Falls, both about 7,000 years ago. The sudden end of the Laurentian Basin ice cap in Canada, about 11,500 years ago. The uninterrupted evolution of the Galapagos over 11,000 years ago. The geological datings of the Murrumbidgee River Basin System in Australia showing the end of an ice cap there about 11,500 years ago. The age of fossil bones taken from the Wilshire Boulevard tar pits over 11,000 years ago. The sudden end of all the work in the prehistoric city of Tiwanaku, Bolivia, 11,500 years ago. Leonard Woolley's great work in the Holy Land dating Noah's flood in about 6,000 years ago. The end of the Wisconsin ice cap about 29,000 years ago. The sudden 200-foot rise of the oceans all over the world about 7,000 years ago. The sudden rise of the St. Lawrence Riverbed 7,000 years ago. 
The changing levels of the shoreline of the Hudson Bay in Canada. The huge granite blocks from the Alps sitting on the eastern slopes of the Jura Mountains at 4,000 feet above sea level. The great legendary Fraser's uncovering of over 8,000 verified separate inundation survival legends in the Malay Peninsula region. The Pajark Marsh in Australia, which shows a quick extinction of many, many species, including humans, 11,500 years ago. The Piriris map showing the North Pole in Egypt. The Egyptian water clock showing agreement with the Piriris map. Granite on top of the mountains around Death Valley in California. The great stratifications of the Grand Canyon, Painted Desert, Monument Valley, and Badlands, each layer homogenous, showing it to be deposited there suddenly by a fantastic amounts of super swift water. The present growth of the Antarctic ice cap approximately 293 cubic miles of ice per year. The legends from primitive man in Tierra del Fuego at the southern tip of South America of the day of the sun set in the wrong direction. The legends from primitive man in Peru of the day the sun stood still. The legends from Malayan and Sumatran tribal aborigines of the long night. The Varva Earth Strata counts in Renshaw, Minnesota, and Hackensack, New Jersey, which confirm, conform with each other. The prevalence of jade in the Orient, which is material heaved up from the mantle near equatorial pivot points during a cataclysm. The fantastic evidence of burgeoning tropical plants in Arctic Siberia, Alaska, and Antarctica, frozen and preserved thousands of years in a fraction of a day during a cataclysm. The similarity of languages the world over, from Polynesian to Greek, to Egyptian, to Mayan, to Eskimo, to Yakut, to Oriental, and more. The footprint of dinosaurs, imprinted in beds of deposited mud, frozen before the prints could deteriorate, remaining frozen for thousands of years to allow the mud prints to ossify for us to see as dinosaur and rock beds today. The correlation of ice ages, stone ages, and quick extinctions of all species the world over, the survival of primitive life at the equatorial pivot points, the last two being the Malay Peninsula and the Galapagos, both now rife with lizards. The existence of a coral reef on the floor of the Arctic Ocean. And more, and more, and more, and more. Give us a prehistoric, historic picture of the positions of Earths in two adining past 35,000 years or more. Side note, that's one of the sentences that's kind of not sure what they really mean or if it's printed properly. Continuing. The overwhelming evidence, when put in order, gives a dramatic picture of which areas have been at the North Pole, when they moved to the Pole, and when they moved away from the Pole, and how long they were there. The chart on the next page... The chart is on the next page. Notice that the end of an era is the same as the start of the next era. Although the chart is in terms of years ago and years duration, do you remember that change from one era to the next occurs in a fraction of a day short enough to be called abrupt. Arctic Ocean started 7,000 years ago, ended question mark, duration question mark. That's the North Pole era. The North Pole is currently in the Arctic Ocean. Sudan Basin started 11,500 years ago, ended 7,000 years ago, duration 4,500 years. Hudson Bay, 18,500 years ago started, Ended 11,500 years ago. The duration was 7,000 years. Caspian Sea. Started 29,000 years ago and ended 18,500 years ago. 
The duration was 10,500 years. In Wisconsin, we don't know the start, but it ended 29,000 years ago. Because we don't know the start, we don't know the duration. Yes, Noah, Adam and Eve, Osiris, Toraro, Zeus, and Vishnu have much deeper meaning now. And as they join hands and walk with us, we hear Adam and Eve saying, Listen, for now we can truly share our story with you. The story, Enigma, Pursuit, Unraveling. Let me just take a look here. Alright, that is the end of chapter 2, The Great Floods. Um, the next part will be the story, Enigma, Pursuit, and Unraveling. One of the quick notes I want to just wrap up here this session with, uh, you know, if this is interesting to you, if you want to know more information about it, um, this was brought to my attention by a particular YouTube channel, Suspicious Observers, um, uh, spaceweather.org, I believe is their website as well, um, was the ones that brought this to my attention, this book, this uh, um, information, if you will. And then, uh, luckily, they posted uh, a link to this archive.org and uh, was able to see um, and read it myself. And so one of the things that I've been interested in is reading and knowing more information. And so that's why I'm reading it aloud, because I don't have all the time in the world to read. And I know um, a lot of people use audiobooks. And what's better than an audiobook? Well, maybe a podcast could be kind of the same thing. So that's why I decided to read this book and have each episode be a dedicated chapter of the Adam and Eve story, The History of Cataclysms by Chan Thomas. Um, if you'd like to know more, I can't recommend uh, his channel enough on YouTube. You've got to bear with me. I don't know what's going on, but I, I'm trying to just pull it up here real quick, and it's just taking forever. What was uh, not? Here we go. So the Suspicious Observer YouTube channel. And if you want to know more about um, all of that stuff, it's spaceweathernews.com and suspiciousobservers.org. And the O in observers is a zero. Um, check those out. If you want more information about what Chan Thomas here is talking about, a really great video series on YouTube um, at the uh, Suspicious Observers channel on YouTube um, called The Cataclysm Cycle. Um, very good in-depth brief synopsis of it where they reference this work as well. And thanks for listening. I will hopefully get the next chapter up as soon as possible. Until then, be well. Thanks for listening. Um, drive safe. Be safe out there. And- and um, wash your hands.